Humanitarian Engineering Podcast. Hi everybody, I'm Nicola and together with Peter, we would like to welcome you at the next episode of the Humanitarian Engineering Podcast of the University of Twente. Today we are very happy to have here two guests, Janke Matt and Alard Braghaus. Janke and Alard are alumni members of a student organization called VOT, which is an organization passionate about developing affordable technological solutions for developing countries. Welcome. Okay. Uh, thank you, Alad and Yanke, for joining us. Perhaps you, uh, we could ask you to introduce yourself, saying something about uh, your education background, when and why you joined uh, what, and what you do now. Yeah, thank you very much, uh, Peter and Nicola, for inviting us uh, today. Um, my name is Janke Maat, and actually I didn't study at, uh, at the University of Twente, but at Utrecht University. Um, I'm a veterinarian by background, a large animal veterinarian. And in Utrecht, I was associated with an organization uh, working on developing countries. Um, and they invited me to come to the WOT. So uh, when I came here first in 2011, I decided it was a very cool organization. So I uh, stayed. Okay, uh, thanks a lot, uh, Janke. Uh, Hello, my name is uh, Alad Brakhuis and I've studied mechanical engineering. I've just finished my studies. And actually, during the introduction period uh, of mechanical engineering, we came across the WOT and I was directly interested. So I uh, asked the board member where I could become a, a member uh, and I stayed ever since. Okay, uh, thanks a lot. Perhaps a curious uh, question uh, our, li- our listeners might be thinking. Uh, what does uh, the acronym uh, WOT stands for? So WOT is a Dutch acronym and it stands for uh, Werkgroep Ontwikkelingstechnieken, uh, which means uh, the a working group for development techniques. Okay, uh, thanks a lot. And uh, perhaps, Janke, could you briefly tell our listeners uh, what uh, what does, uh, when and how it was started and what motivates uh, the work of uh, what? Yeah, so the what is a student association and we mostly have active members who are from the technical studies. We started in uh, 1969 by some enthusiastic people who were working on wind energy at the University of Twente. And they decided it would be a good idea to expand these technologies uh, for developing countries. Um, So it's uh, stayed there ever since. Um, At the moment, we are working on uh, developing different techniques, but also testing techniques that are already existing in the field and trying to improve them. Yeah, uh, thanks a lot. And uh, I think we'll come uh, back to these topics in depth in the next section when we ask uh, specific uh, topic-related questions. Okay, so back again, um, perhaps I could start by asking uh, what projects uh, have you been involved in uh, and which ones are your favorite ones? So maybe I could start with Janke again. Yeah, thank you very much. So um, one of the projects I have been involved in is uh, drilling of boreholes and uh, making hand pumps. That's also what uh, me and my husband have been doing for uh, one year in Zambia, in Malawi, with an organization called the Smart Centers. Um, and also one of my very favorite projects of the what is the T Week. Uh, the T Week stands for the Technical Week, and it's a technical course we organize uh, organize every year for people who are going to work in developing countries and are not technical at all, but uh, want some technical skills. Okay, oh, thanks. Uh, could perhaps uh, do you have uh, a specific favorite one among uh, the different projects you've worked uh, for what? Yeah, so uh, uh, I'm always very much amazed by uh, drilling drilling of wells and drilling of boreholes because uh, it's a very basic need for a lot of people. And uh, for me, it's uh, almost a magical thing to get uh, groundwater. 
indeed uh, that yeah it's it's quite uh, indeed uh, something that uh, we can always relate with uh alad myself i've been um, involved with the, our youtube channel a lot um we started the youtube channel about two years back or at least we revived it uh, in a sense um and i think we have a lot of knowledge at the what we have been there for a very long time uh, and we have a lot of technology on the terrain and and there's a lot of knowledge among the people of the world so uh, i think it's very nice that we could uh, create this youtube channel and share this knowledge with the rest of the world we have a website already um, but we also have a uh, this this youtube channel can reach a lot of people so i really liked uh, like working on these uh, these projects and okay. Uh, okay and where can we actually find the youtube channel if our listeners yes, want yeah, yeah. to want to watch the videos, how uh, it's can they find it? If you uh, Google what Utwente, then you'll find our uh, our YouTube channel. Great, okay, thanks. Uh, yeah, indeed. Uh, I was also curious about the same mm-hmm. question. Uh, if uh, our listeners want to view uh, the technologies you are displaying in the YouTube channel, uh, how they can find it. But we could uh, maybe move on to the next question. Again, I'll start with uh, uh, Janke. So, from the projects uh, that you've been able to participate in. What, according to you, are the main challenges developing these uh, technological solutions, especially for the underserved? So um, one of the main challenges, I think, is the availability of uh, materials for not only uh, developing the technologies, but also for maintenance. So, of course, there's many examples of technologies who've been developed in Western countries, but when they are put in the field, um, then they don't work. Or when they break down, there's no possibility for people to maintain them properly. So the availability of spare parts, or at least the availability of making spare parts and the tools for it, is uh, one of the main challenges. Okay. Uh, and say. what about design, conceptualizing these uh, solutions? Uh, is it also something that uh, you find challenging, and especially thinking about the technologies you've developed? Again, yeah, um, uh, well, when designing, it's always very important to keep in mind the target group and the customer you are making this design for. And um, sometimes the, the people designing the projects in the Western countries are not uh, very much focusing on the, the people, the end users who are actually going to work with the projects. So that is one of the challenges uh, I see. Okay. Also, if I can interrupt, also uh, when designing, I think it's very important that we take into account in, in the Netherlands here, we have a lot of tools available, we have a lot of uh, options, um, and when designing, we try to make stuff such that people can make it themselves uh, anywhere. So that's also something to, to take into account, that you don't use too much high-end machinery or, or at least are careful when using this, uh, so that everyone around the world can, can make their own... Um, yeah, they can make their own own, own uh, projects. And also then maintenance comes more natural. If you build a, a water pump yourself, you're more likely to, to maintain it as well. Okay. And then uh, maybe coming to Alad. So in terms of dissemination, so you uh, mentioned this very interesting uh, idea of uh, uh, the YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. So in terms of development and, uh, yeah, so creating content for it, uh, do you, what, what kind of challenges have, uh, could you mention? <coughs> that you've already foreseen or for experienced. Crea- for creating the content. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Well, it's always a, an interesting um, interesting thing to, to consider, um, is, is how to make, make videos. Um, in some sense, it's very nice if you have a very technical video. So if you explain if step by step how you, for example, you can create a water pump or uh, how a certain drilling process works. Uh, but then a video is um, not very nice to watch. So not a lot of people will watch it. Uh, and if you make a video a bit more entertaining to watch as well, so a bit more, more not only informative, but also nice to watch, then you can reach a lot more people with it. So it's always a, a bit, you have to weigh off um, that it is still informative, but it's also good to watch. 
and uh, that's always a, a tricky tricky aspect of making a video yeah okay uh, thanks a lot so uh, perhaps um, a general question so uh, recently we visited uh, the vote workshop and also terrain and uh, we noticed uh, several technological solutions for instance for well drilling pumping technology so generally uh, what motivates vote uh, to focus on these type of technologies and not uh, any other different ones so maybe Janke Yeah so um regarding uh, well drilling that's um with what we mostly focus on the manual drilling because that is something that um a lot of uh, people who want to start a business um, can uh, can learn and can do for themselves and it also can be a very good business model So um drilling wells is very important for the what uh, because it's something we can practice easily on our terrain and also we have quite some expertise uh, on that field Yeah and uh, Alad you're a mechanical engineer yeah <laughs> why are these ones very appealing why are they interesting Yeah well um why the pumps are interesting you mean uh, well or the or in general the indeed, technology indeed, the general technology yeah i think uh i think what's interesting what i find interesting is the the, the focus on making it minimalistic uh, ah. we have a saying that that simple is not easy uh, and i think that that applies very much so when creating a design keeping it as simple as possible and and trying to yeah well what i said that, that anyone can make it and that uh, it can be made everywhere around the world i think that's a a very nice challenge and additional constraint when when designing something and i think that uh, that can make very something if you if you look at it you might not be impressed because it doesn't look very professional or uh it doesn't look very high tech but i think that's actually there's some beauty in that yeah. that you uh, you you have to look past yeah yeah and i think indeed we can always relate eh? and that's why we emphasize in humanita- humanitarian engineering to make the technology appropriate for the context so exactly. sometimes it might not be very high tech but it's still functional for the community which is really a nice intervention for the underserved communities. So thanks a lot for this session so I'll take it back to uh, Nikki. Yes, I actually have uh, one question. Based on what you said you both have international experience, right? Even though Alar didn't mention it but we know he, you were in South Africa, right? Mm. So what surprised you the most when you were there? Well, that's a very good question. So my uh, international experience is mostly in Zambia, Malawi and some countries in Africa. Eastern Africa. But in Zambia and in Malawi we were working with uh, people who were actually trained in a lot of the techniques that are also available on the terrain of the what. So for me it was very inspiring to see that uh, there's a lot of uh, business people and local entrepreneurs who are able to make a living from uh, the techniques they uh, could also have learned at the what. So that for me was very uh, inspirational. Very nice. And Alart, maybe you can also shortly introduce the project that you were working on in South Africa and then what surprised you the most? Yeah, I've been in South Africa. I was also been also been in uh, in Kenya uh, last year and I think uh, that was most most interesting uh, for me. Uh, there we went to a, a well drilling course. So there was a, a well drilling course given to locals in Kenya um, and we we joined that also to make a video for our YouTube channel. And I think it was just very interesting to see how motivated people were. There were people coming from all over the country and even people from Ethiopia and uh, someone from Cameroon even and they really wanted to learn these skills to apply them to that to their own region or own country. And I thought it was very nice to see that people were so uh, keen on on getting this to work and and starting their own business and sharing this knowledge. That's I think very interesting for our students that might be listening this podcast. How did you find these opportunities? If there are students that want to go abroad and also help the underserved, where did mm. you find these opportunities? Yeah, usually these these just come by. Uh, we have quite some people in a network uh, surrounding the what so um yeah, we 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 know a lot of people that 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 have projects going on and sometimes we 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 somehow get involved. 
Uh, but we also connect students to, to people. So uh, if a student comes to us and they say we want to do this or that uh, somewhere uh, around the world, um, maybe we know someone within our network and we can send them and uh, we, c- we can contact them and, and see if we can, can link something up. So people are always uh, free to contact us for that. Perfect. And Janke, was that also the case for you? Yeah, in some way as well. Um, so the network of the WOT uh, definitely helped us uh, getting started. And also my husband was involved in the YEP program. That's the Young Expert Professional, which is a program from the Dutch government that wants to uh, engage uh, young people and young professionals in um, in uh, developing um, developing countries and developing work. work. Thank you so much for sharing. And I think now is the right time to go to the next section. In the third section of our podcast, we will, as always, ask a couple of questions which we would like to ask you to answer as fast as possible and maybe shortly, if that's also possible. So my first question to maybe Allard can start this time. My first question is, why do you think humanitarian engineering is relevant? Yeah, that's a, a good question. Um, I think that looking at uh, around me or around the, the engineers around me, what, what we do, we a lot of people focus on the people in the Netherlands. Um, and I think here in the Netherlands, we are quite, we, we have everything quite well sorted out. Uh, I think uh, everyone has a good life. Um, and the developments that are made are sometimes not very necessary, in my opinion. Some are, but some are less less relevant. And I think there's much more to gain in, in the underserved communities. So uh, I think it's you can add a lot of value to your career if you um, decide to look at, at places where there's really a big necessity for for technical development. Mm-hmm. Janke, do you agree? Yes, I agree very much. And uh, in line with this, also a saying we use at the Watt, which is uh, has to be contributed to Paul Polak, uh, I would say, is that uh, 90% of the designers are designing for only 10% of the world population. So that uh, says it all, I think. I think that says it all, right? <laughs> yes, I agree. My second question, and maybe Janke, now you can start first. What are, according to you, the most urgent topics that should be addressed by humanitarian engineering? Uh, that's a tough question. <laughs> 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 so it's, um, I think it's very difficult to, to name a few, uh, to name the most urgent one. For me, always water supply is a very basic need and is uh, the driver for a lot of, uh, uh, for a lot of different aspects um, for people to get uh, more resilient. Um, but also I think, um, uh, which is maybe not so much the technical engineering part, but uh, what I have seen in my international experience is that a lot of people have uh, difficulty to get access to loans or access access to uh, land titles or something like that. So in some way, it's also a little bit of social engineering to get uh, all the, the circumstances in place for people to uh, to take uh, matters in their own hands. And alert. Yeah, I, uh, I think uh, water supply and, and, and hygiene is, uh, as Janke mentioned, a, a big thing. Um, but also something that has been coming up the, the last years is, I think, waste management, especially plastic waste. Of course, um, this used to be not really a problem in the past, but nowadays well, it's being used more and more and there's uh, usually not a very good infrastructure for dealing with this waste. So I think there are also some challenges ahead to 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 solve this and to make the world a bit uh, cleaner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. My third question is, why should someone become a humanitarian engineer? I think you both partially answered that, but do you want to add anything to what has already been said? 
Well, you, you should only do it if you are very passionate about it, I think. <laughs> but uh, I think a lot of, uh, I know quite some mechanical engineers and a lot of them, they really want to make an impact on the world with the, um, the amazing skills they have, the, the technical skills and the designing skills. So if that is also your passion, then uh, humanitarian engineering is uh, one of the ways to go. Are you passionate? I am uh, quite passionate. Alert. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think... Uh, uh, there are many ways to make an impact. Also here in the Netherlands, you can do very useful stuff. Uh, but humanita humanitarian engineering is, is certainly one of them. And uh, if you really are looking for, for making an impact and making most use of your, of your work and your career, I think you should uh, at least consider humanitarian engineering. Yeah. And that brings me to my last question. And maybe, Alart, you can, you can continue with, mm -hmm. <laughs> with that. Can you uh, pick one aspect that makes humanitarian engineering different from other engineering disciplines? That's a good question. Um, I think the fact that you're you're busy with with people from other cultures um, uh, makes it makes it different. If you if you design a project product for in for in the Netherlands, it's quite a, a well known target group, um, and you only have to worry about the the technical part really. Or well, that's not fully true, of course. But uh, when you do uh, humanitarian engineering, you really have to consider what is culture like and what do people live like. In another country, you have to be actively aware of this um, in order to to make sure that also something does not only work in a technical sense, but that it also works in a societal um, context. Mm -hmm. That I think really describes humanitarian Indeed. engineering. Indeed. I do agree. Yeah. Yes, yes, Janke. <laughs> Yeah, well, in line with uh, what uh, Alert is saying, um, I agree very much. And I also think that it's, as a humanitarian engineer, it's very important to work together with all the stakeholders and involve different institutions and governments and other NGOs and entrepreneurs, perhaps, to really make a long-lasting and sustainable impact. Yes, beautiful oh, answers, right? Uh, yeah, indeed, indeed. <laughs> uh, you can also uh, notice uh, the passion. It's really quite uh, evident. Uh. We see it, Yeah, right? indeed. We indeed, see it yeah. here. Good. Thank you so much. Those were all the questions from my side, and we will move to the last section. In this episode, we were talking about the student association called What, about international experience of Alert and uh, Janke. And uh, yeah, that's it for today. But before we go, I wanted to ask one last question. Uh, they're definitely students listening to us. If they want to join the VOD, how they can find you or how they can contact you? So we have a, a website. Um, you can find our contact uh, details there. Uh, and if you are interested, so if you want to see if you, if you like this, um, you, can, you can contact us and you can just join us on an association evening. Every Wednesday we come together. Uh, and it's it's very easy to just join and you can join dinner and it's very and you can talk with people and see if it works or if it doesn't work so i would advise anyone to um, yeah to to have a look at our website and maybe also the youtube channel that gives a good indication of what we do uh, and then just contact us and see yeah and i assume the website is www.what.twente.nl twente.nl perfect then thank you so much for joining our podcast. Again, Alar, congratulations for graduating. Thank you very <laughs> what much. What will be your next step? Uh, for now, I'm, uh, I don't have anything planned yet, but uh, halfway June, I will start working. Uh, and I will work um, at a research center for uh, thermoplastic composites. So it's quite something wow. different. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I like to work with, uh, with plastics a lot. So uh, I try to stay a bit in that, uh, in that area. Yeah. Good luck then. Thank you very uh, much. So thank you for joining the podcast and we hope to see you soon. And thank you our listeners for listening our next episode and we look forward 
to the next one.